Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and with me today is Miss Claudia Lisbona from the 100 or More Pilates Studio in Walnut Creek, California. Claudia, how are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me here today. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to have our listeners hear about your story and all the amazing things that you've done. And of course, talk about you know the business. So with that being said, I'll open it up. Go ahead and give our listeners just an overview of like your experience, your background, how you got into this Pilates studio, um, and we'll kind of dive in from there. All right. If I go a little bit back... Um... If you read bios of Pilates teachers, a lot of times injuries come up, and that's, of course, what brought me into Pilates. Um, I'm actually a big, passionate horseback rider, and uh, I guess too many falls of the horses, things <laughs> got out of alignment, and never really got fixed along the way, and then there was a point in life where I just had to do something about my own body, and that's kind of what brought me to Pilates. And uh, since I'm also a mom of four kids, I realized that Pilates is actually pretty expensive to do. And I figured if I just dive into it fully and uh, there was a teacher training that was offered, I thought if I do the teacher training, I will know I know it all and uh, I can just fix myself, which was not quite the right kind of thinking, but that's how I became a teacher, actually. And... Uh, the whole thing was, I should add also, I think once you get started with Pilates and you see how it's helping your body, you can become very passionate about it. And becoming a teacher, it's like it became a daily Pilates training. So a lot of things changed, actually. And once I became a teacher, I just kind of got lucky that my teacher trainer really wanted to split and start her own studio because she believed in classical Pilates and everything in the area was actually more teaching the contemporary style Pilates and she wasn't even allowed to say at the studio where she was teaching at the time what why her Pilates was a little bit different and more intense than the other ones so she wanted her own studio and she asked me if I wanted to do it with her and I figured since I have somebody with quite a bit of experience in the background, I was like, okay, we can go 50-50. And I knew that she would move away, by the way, to North Carolina, not far away from you. Yeah. No, East Coast. Anyway, um, so two years later, she did move away. And then I took over the studio all by myself. But uh, at least I was ready by then. Yeah, you had a... Uh you know, the teaching and the experience and, you know, actually doing the Pilates and you felt yes. like it's your time. Yeah. Well, the thing is also once you become a teacher, I mean, they give you all the certificates and the, it still takes time to really be a teacher because there was the one thing of knowing the exercises and another thing is of seeing the people in front of you 
and seeing what they need and what they're actually doing and then correcting them the right way. So that took a little time. But yeah, now after seven, almost eight years, uh, I feel pretty comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven, eight years. I would, I would hope so. Yes, uh, definitely. Well, that's awesome, though. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, we'll just throw like a random like franchise facility. It's like you have all these members and they come take the workout. They do the workout. They love the workout. Then it's like, okay, let me get on the other side and teach the workout because now they've learned, you know, basic movements or exercises or whatever. And now they feel comfortable to actually say, Hey, I want to help others. So kind of in a sense where like you became the teacher, you had to adapt, you know, slightly to where it's like you were comfortable doing the movements and, you know, the, the, the structure of Pilates. And now it's like, you got to see it in a different light to where like, okay, this person maybe needs this correction or this person might have to adjust this form or, you know, whatever, whatever you see in that, that teacher presence. Yeah. Well, that's where I kind of falls into when you do a Pilates teacher training, what they say is uh, you can do an exercise and you can work an exercise. And it will take time to be able to learn inside your own body how to work an exercise. And when you first start out, there's a quite a bit of a learning curve. And uh, it feels like, oh, some of the stuff feels very easy because you're not really using the right muscle groups that you should be using. And uh, once you find the work, it becomes a very strenuous workout. But that's when you get also the all the benefits, which is really nice. Yeah, it's you you find that that muscle activation or that that spot where it's like, okay, now we're targeting that and now you're actually actively working it versus kind of like going through the motions. Now that was a gym person talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I tell you this. So sometimes I target certain areas, but the more you know about Pilates is each exercise uses actually your whole body. There is not that you only go for one area. Everything has to work together. It's like you're collecting everything that you have inside your body. You want it to work together. And then an exercise might feel a little easier if you have a difficult exercise because you're making it all work together. So... It's like if you take the plank, for example, yeah. stationary plank, everything is working together. And then if you add movement to the whole thing, if you put the plank on a reformer, then uh, your arms start to move or you take a arm away or a leg away and you have to still hold your frame with movement. So it becomes the whole body has to be there and work for you. Yeah. So it's a yeah. small example. No, perfect. It's, you know, it's, I've, uh, I don't honestly know if me personally, I've ever taken a full on like classical Pilates class. Um, not probably not. Um, no, I tell you, most people, especially if they're athletes already, they don't come to Pilates unless they have an injury because we feel like, oh, yes, we are strong, we can do it. But just thinking about keeping the muscle groups in balance and to keep the alignment of your body, that kind of thinking comes later in life. 
So a lot of like mind body connection. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. And then I have now a lot of people that are so much in front of a computer. And they're <laughs> just like, oh my God, I have to move. Hey, this guy. Get rid of the stress. <laughs> I feel that now. Um, yeah. So they also come to Pilates because they need to clear their head. I just need to make a little trip over to the West Coast real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you actually have a lot of, you have a lot of classical Pilates on the East Coast. It kind of was more on the East Coast and then slowly spilled over to the West Coast. And that's why we are here. There's a lot of contemporary, a lot of these big group classes, but the classical, you have to look for it. Got it. Good to yeah. know. All right. All right, Miss Claudia. Well, let's, <clears throat> now that we know, you know, a little, we'll say a little like history, background, vision type of thing, you know, talk to us about, you know, the hundred or more. So your your studio specifically, you know, after everything that's happened, you know, kind of give us an elevator pitch of when somebody comes into your facility, what's like, what are they to expect? You know, like what types of, you know, Pilates classes are offered, you know, what's kind of like inside a group class? All right. So if I do get a phone call and somebody wants to start for the first time in our studio, they all have to, what we call a trial class, attend one. And that will actually as a private one-on-one. -on -one. For the teacher, it's to kind of get to know the student how they're working. And for the students, they get an idea of how we're working, what this classical Pilates is about. But then also, if they have done Pilates before, they will a, realize how we teach Pilates. And if they were looking for the classic Pilates studio, they are super happy to have found us, especially since we have all the equipment that Joseph Pilates actually developed and came up with. And then, uh, if they have never done the classical version, they can always make the decision, well, do I really want to learn it all the way this way? Or it's like the option. They can make a decision from there. For us, it's important to know where they are in their training. And then if they have never done it before, we offer intro classes. Since privates is difficult for people to afford that or only private. So we have a reduced package of another four privates. And after that, they can welcome to join a trio class, which is kind of the biggest what we offer, three people in the class, or duets, or they can continue with privates. Uh, we do have math classes, but not that many at this point. COVID kind of made it difficult for everyone. And some people only were able to take mat online and they got pretty tired of it and they want equipment right now. So, but anyway, that's how we get people started. And if people have done Pilates before and I see, okay, <clears throat> they will be able to keep up in the mat, uh, into a group class and they are invited into a group class and we make it happen for them. Nice. So you would say there's, you know, like, that intro or like we'll, we'll say like beginner class and once they're we'll say up to speed or they've gotten comfortable enough or you feel like they've advanced enough then they can go into like that next kind of level yeah. class and learn from there 
Correct. Excellent. Yeah, so you can look at it that way. Fair enough. Uh, Ms. Claudia, so right now currently in, you know, in your facility, what is the square footage? I want to say it's somewhere between, I think around 850 square feet. Okay, so pretty, pretty like intimate. Um, yeah, definitely. Very nice. And yeah. if we teach, it would be two teachers, sometimes three teachers, if we all have privates. But at this point, mostly it is just one teacher or two teachers, not more. Got it. And then with that square footage, you know, what's the current member base at your studio? Like, is it hundreds of members? Is it, you know, more petite? It is smaller, way smaller. I have to say most of the students, um, I want to say almost half the students take privates uh either once twice some of them three times a week and or they have a combination of duets and privates or duets and trios and um i think maybe we have 50 students the most okay and they're very uh, some of them are from the very beginning there so a lot of like originals. Geez. Committed, yes. And I want, yeah, probably the group classes is the most fluctuation. The privates, I have people that come, some people live in the area only for the winter or for the summer and they come back when they're in town. Got it. So we have that kind of, I that think they're sounds- just happy that they found this classical blood studio and yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's, uh, you know, one of a kind compared to like, you know, everything else that you see out there. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the pictures and you see the equipment, yeah, definitely. And I don't know, I have a guillotine, which is like teaching your body how to work both sides of your body evenly. And I don't know any studio in the area that has that kind of equipment. But that's okay. That, that's completely okay that that's a, a one-up for you know 100 or more yeah so you walnut creek that area it's it's kind of like transit very seasonal um people come and go or is it like just like a certain no just some people okay it happens twice that i had people that one was living in arizona and came for the summertime and the other person, she's arriving now the end of January, and uh, she comes for the winter time because she's from Minnesota. Okay. So, yeah. So, different, different yeah. days. Yeah. I um used to live in uh, Delray Beach, or Delray Beach. I used to live in Boynton Beach, Florida, which is right next to Delray Beach, which is extremely seasonal and people. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. During the hottest, yeah. like, it's so no, hard. It's, no, Walnut Creek is more, we have more people living here. Got it. So just select few, yeah. Cool. Um, So Claudia, with the 50 clients and, you know, the 850 square feet, two teachers, you know, sometimes three, depending on, you know, classes, is that a number that's sustainable that you're happy with? Are you looking to expand that number and grow more? Kind of talk to me about like that um, bigger. Okay, I tell you, so... What I'm considering now is to start uh, or to offer teacher training in the future. 
Okay. Because I have been looking for classical trained Pilates teachers and I'm having a very difficult time finding more teachers. And, uh, and I think this would be a nice, for me, a nice way to create more income or to have more students at the student uh, at the studio and then hopefully right now we are only three teachers at this point because three actually moved away one before covid and two during the covid time and uh to find and to fill the space for the extra teachers is uh kind of something that i have to think my wrap my head around well find some solutions. And I think that would be teacher training would be a perfect way to go right now. Yeah, we're... Or I have to expand and get a bigger space. But then the quality of the classes will go down. So that's an option that I don't really like. Right. That's kind of like a, a last resort kind of thing. Uh, I don't think I really want to go that route. Honestly, it's very... It's very intense to teach, to teach it correctly. So I feel like if I invest so much of my time and energy, I prefer to teach the right thing. And then, yeah, create or develop a bigger teacher availability. And other students, I mean, other studios or places will profit from it, which is great. We need more teachers. Yeah, and then so with the, with that teacher training program, you're actually um, the second person, second owner that I've spoken to now that is kind of different, you know, areas of the of the country, but that is looking into like that teacher training because they also have a similar concern where it's like it's so hard to find classical yeah. Pilates instructors for you know whatever reason that might be. Um, They're not out there. <laughs> yeah. They're not enough. And then COVID, I think. I talked to one, two people actually, and they're teaching out of their house, privates. But uh, so then they give me only very limited time that they maybe would be willing to come and teach. Right. And that doesn't really work because it ends up for me, anything early in the morning, anything in the evening, I have to teach myself. And um, yeah, I just need, I, I need more teachers. <laughs> right. That's kind of like key number one to be able to do all the other things that you want yes. to do. Yeah. Yes. So even if I want to expand, I need more teachers. Right. The, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the teacher training program, is that something where like you would be the teacher and have like this class of people that would come in and you would certify or that'd be more like you bring somebody in? I'm actually, I contacted my teacher trainer from, she lives now in North Carolina and she would come out for the two weekends uh, for the weekends where she would teach the classes I would uh, be part of the weekend that we're teaching the program but she would be the one who will take all the exams and she would prepare the program that we are whatever we're teaching she would be the main person of it and then during the week or when she is not around here she will or we will be um me and the other two teachers we will be the ones that 
will be addressed by the students and they can take classes from us or talk with us and we can answer their questions and help them along. Got it. So she's like that quote unquote instructor that will do the pass yeah. the fail. And maybe I should add with that. Uh, so one of the teachers that is teaching at my studio, she did her teacher training at the same time I did it. That how I got, got to know her. And uh, so we are kind of working really well hand in hand and we're really trained along the same ways. So it works out great. And the third one, she has done quite a bit of Pilates training, but now became totally classical. And she has been taking all her classical training from a my original teacher and from some of the other ones that are down in LA. There's one that a lot of people take classes from, or at least do online courses with. So she totally got up to date with her classical training, which is great. Yeah, it sounds like everybody is has that same like kind of like yes. mindset in you know training that obviously you have. So that's really good because I think it provides a lot of great value um, and it keeps you know what you're doing the same amongst everybody. Correct. And if I take a vacation or something, I feel very comfortable to give my students to any of the other two teachers, vice versa. So that works great. Awesome. And it's I think it's really a good thing for the students as well because they don't have to interrupt the training if somebody is leaving. Right. Yeah. You can, you can kind of keep that same train rolling, like that consistency Yeah. Um, where it's not like, Oh, Claudia leaves and we're just going to change the whole program up. <laughs> no, uh, no, good, good. Um, so uh, I think that teacher training program is going to be incredibly beneficial once it's, you know, up and running, you know, however that time frame looks, um, you'll be able to get some some good quality and you know uh, some really good value out of that. So excited for you on that. Um, Thanks. Into you know the hundred or more. Let's say you know you had the you had the instructors, you had the teachers, you had the right people in place where you felt most comfortable and you weren't stretched for teachers. What then would your expansion look like whether it's maximizing your current facility or like you mentioned you're going to open up a bigger space but you don't want to take away the intimacy kind of what what would a a growth plan look like if teachers weren't um an yeah, i go for the growth plan i would <clears throat> 800 square feet is or 850 is kind of really limiting me mm -hmm. ideally i would like to have another so right now i have the three reformers three towers everything of three so that's why we can teach trio classes but i don't go higher um i would like to have it that i can have four people in the class i would be very happy with that and if i had extra space i would like to offer more mat classes i think mat classes are very valuable but uh that is if i offer a mat class i Maybe somebody else could teach one private, but it's really it gets too noisy and it's too much for the studio. So right now I only have them when there are no other teachers. And that's also limited. And I could go to a higher number, up to eight people, if I had the space for it. So I would like, so 
really a little bigger space would be a great thing. Yeah, the, it would be able to now with the bigger space, let's say, you know, you got there. And um, get the equipment. There is like a wait list of one year on Graz equipment. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be yeah. a big part of the expanding space right there. <clears throat> yeah, it's like uh, I have to order it now and then uh, I can take my time of finding a space. Yeah. Right. Like you got that part taken care of. That'll come in the year, but then that's like everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Um, so like equipment, bigger space, coaches or teachers. Um, the, you know, you're, you said eight would be comfortable. Would you have like inside your study, would you have multiple, you know, duos or trios or, you know, quads or whatever you want to call it? Would you have multiple going on at a time with multiple instructors in the facility or would it still be like, well, it's that really, if you are at the size, we have done it where three teachers were teaching, but then they are not, it's not that there's a group class happening. It would be three teachers, each teaching a private. Right. Yeah. That's okay. But it does become, there's a lot of background noise. And it's, right. uh, I almost want to say our students are really spoiled <laughs> because from COVID for the longest time, we would make sure that there wouldn't be a second teacher there. And now slowly, if you do have a second teacher there, that's like, wow, it's kind of noisy today. <laughs> so we will slowly shift more into it again, but um, it's even for me as a teacher, I had one incident last week where we had three teachers at the same time and I was actually with a duet. And that was, I felt like it was too much, even though we had those situations before on a regular basis. But that was, it would be really nice to have a bigger space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with, down you know, bigger space, what's that? That would be down the road, a bigger space. Yes. Yeah. What, um, and again, I know teachers, uh, and or equipment, but what else would be the the biggest deciding factor to be able to pull off the biggest space? Is your recurring member base big enough to allow you to expand like that? Or would you need more members in your studio without kind of... Okay, right now I don't advertise very much at all. And it's actually the place is hidden away. It's like you have to look up Pilates and find me on the online or something. Okay. Uh, you will never just walk by and see the place. Um, but then again, the location has, it's really nice. We have like windows all around, big windows that we can open up even. Oh, very open. So the location is great for that. It's going to be very difficult to find anything like that again. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, a toss up. I will try first to go for more finding or creating a better, a bigger teacher base by just starting the teacher training. Mm -hmm. And I think when that is on the way, then I decide on looking for something to increase my size. But one after the other, teachers first. Because what I'm going to do if I have a bigger place and I have no teachers, not good. Right. The demand <laughs> is there, but not the teachers. And then you're like, well, yeah, 
unless something well, at least not the kind of teacher that is trained on our equipment and works the classical way right yeah and that is important for me yeah it's better it's better to you know we'll say move a little slower but have the right quality and the right things set in place to where when it's time to do everything you have everything in place yes absolutely good um so with the studio um you know how is you know since COVID and everything is happening now you're kind of you know back on you know the positive side of things or working towards that way you know how has retention been since you know all that have a lot of people come back are they still like you know mixed in between unless they moved away they're all back all of them at plus new ones yes plus new ones good yeah so that is a really nice thing it's yeah. good um so let's say like you know how you however you break it up q1 q2 um, what would you say is a good month for generating new members for your Pilates? Um, is it rather small, big, kind of in between? Uh, I think we get new clients like throughout the year where people ask. And then it really depends on what I have available. The people that are asking if they can't go for the privates and they need the group classes. There has to be enough flexibility of offering classes in the evenings because people work all day or very early in the morning. And uh, I think things just fluctuate if summertime when people travel more. So that's when we feel it, that there's less to do. And then of course, over the big holidays, Otherwise, it's just pretty busy. Pretty busy to the point where I feel like I really need help. <laughs> and of course, that's where that teacher training comes into place where it's like, okay. Yes, like, definitely. You know, they're learning from the person you learn from. And work yeah, because I tell you this, um, if you're teaching and you do one hour after the other, see, when I'm teaching, I'm talking a ton. There's so much talking and you can only do so many hours. If I have a seven hour day or an eight hour day, and I can only do that if I have a break in between, mm -hmm. like a bigger break, three hours or something where I really go home, lie down for half an hour, <laughs> recuperate and then go back. Um, but I cannot do that every day. So that's why I'm pushed for, I need teachers. And the ones that I have, one just had a baby. So it's, ah. she gives me whatever she can and she's there during the day, but it's like, can't be there before 9.30 because she needs, like life just hits everyone at one point or another. And the other one actually comes to travel into Buona Creek from Alameda. So she has to deal with traffic and whatever else. So she decided since she also teaches from her house, she gives me two days. <laughs> So we need teachers. That's yeah. the biggest thing. You need lots, lots of time and, and flex options for people. So you're not yeah. doing all from open and close, basically. Right. So yeah, I definitely though that's just my biggest thing at this point. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, 
Well, Claudia, just uh, and, uh, you can make pretty good money being a teacher. That's a good thing to know. There you go. Everybody, uh, everybody listening out there, you heard it from her. Yeah. You're out in that area. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Claudia, a um, couple last uh, questions here before we wrap it all up. Um, I think, you know, we've, you know, nailed it down to, you know, it's, it's the teachers that, you know, once you have them, then it gives you the flex and the more options to be able to do different things. So um, with that in mind, kind of give our listeners, you know, your, you know, your uniqueness, your, your wisdom of if they're looking to go into maybe it's Pilates or classical Pilates or something where they're starting their own business and, you know, maybe there is going to be a, a high demand for people, but not enough people, you know, what, what's like your wisdom? What would you give them if they're looking to start on their own? Um, I went into it and uh, for me, the biggest thing was that I absolutely believed into Pilates and what it does for the body and how I experienced how it helped me. And I think if you stand 100% behind it, if you learned Pilates the right way, how to do it and how it can fix a body to bring that balance and alignment back, then it's like if you're doing something that you love and that you believe in, it's not like you're working. You feel great while you're doing it. And I think if that is in place and that will spill over to your clients or students, they will love you for it and it will be a success. So it's like you don't have to be afraid of it and it will be good. As okay. long as you have the right mindset for it. And then I tell my kids, it's like if you find something that you love doing, it's not even, it doesn't feel like working. It makes you happy. And I think a lot of my students, they tell me that as well. It's like they love coming because it makes them feel good and they get that really positive energy from the studio and they take it with them. And it kind of bounces back and forth, which is a great thing. So if you can get that going, I know there's an initial investment to buy equipment and everything. And that's kind of, it goes pretty deep into your pocket. That's expensive. Price. But the good thing is, if you ever feel like you have to sell it, if you bought the good equipment, the expensive equipment, it sells for the same price that you bought it for. So it's like, I'm looking for Graz equipment and I'm having a very difficult time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it's, I found two pieces used at one point and yeah, they were the same price as if I would have bought them brand new, which is a good thing to know. If you start new and you have this big investment, just know that you're not losing the money that you're investing into equipment. That's, I think it's a good thing to know. Yeah. It's, it's a good ROI. So yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, well, Claudia, uh, great wisdom, great pieces of advice. You know, for those of you listening out there, you know, if you have the passion, the vision, you just got to do it. And, you know, it's it's going to be hard and, you know, everything's hard. So it's kind of. Okay. A you know what? I have one more thing for you. Okay. Go for it. That is uh, workshops. So becoming a teacher is a great thing. 
but then what we all do is we do take workshops and i think for new teachers that are out there that got their certificate somewhere they all feel like okay now i'm a plus teacher or i know what i'm doing but i think it's a very important thing to continuously take workshops because there's always something else always new cues that you're learning from other people and new things you can find out about yourself and about your own workout so workshops are a very important thing a I actually was thinking of I should start offering some, but I haven't done that yet. Um, but taking workshops, now that I do regularly. And that is, I think, for all teachers that are out there, it's a very important thing to do. It's like you're building your little toolbox for yourself. And then whoever is in front of you, you have more things that you can pull from. All right. Now you can wrap it up. <laughs> No, very good. It's it's kind of like, you know, the uh the old saying, you know, iron sharpens iron, where you, you know, you practice your craft and you continually learn, you know, not necessarily maybe new things, but you know, things that are gentle reminders in ways that you can really maximize, you know, what you're doing with those movements, making that big whole mind-body connection. Yeah. Well, it's also, you know, sometimes you have to just modify an exercise. Or mm -hmm. if you get an athlete in front of you, you have to, okay, you want to challenge that person a little bit. So you have to maybe give something that personally I wouldn't be able to do. But when I do workshops, I just, you just learn those extra steps, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's like uh, those, those ideas, they just kind of come to you because of the time that you put in. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. And mingling with other teachers. You that's awesome thing too yes <laughs> picking the brains of each other yep that's what we do excellent all right well claudia well everybody uh listening out there again um you know if you uh, are classically trained and you know want to reach out to claudia please do so um but claudia with that being said uh tell our listeners how can they reach out to your studio if they're in the area and they want to try it out or even if they're you know classically trained well, if you Google Classical Pilates Studio Wanna Creek, it will immediately pop up. Okay. It's the only one there. Classical is a big key there. And otherwise, um, I, I want to say that's it. That's how you reach me. And once you're on the website, you just go in. I mean, I can give my phone number. I don't know if I want to do that here, but I don't really. <laughs> Okay. I think from there, I always answer the emails and uh, there is a phone number. It's Google Voice and you can just reach me on that. And I always get back to people. Maybe it takes a day or two sometimes just because I'm too busy. But otherwise, yes, you will hear back from me. Awesome. Well, everybody listening, that uh, is how you get a hold of her. So if you're in the area, feel free to reach out, check out her facility. Um and if you want to be on the Gym Lords podcast, anyone that's out there listening, feel free to click on our link below, type in your info, we'll reach out to you, we'll do a conversation just like we did with Miss Claudia. But until then, everybody, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Brian Vigarita, owner of Powerhouse Gym in East Fishkill, New York. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We're super excited to talk to you about the gym today. Um, Before we jump into it, first, I want to know what made you want to start a gym in the first place? Well, about, I would say maybe eight years ago. So I really started getting into uh, competitive bodybuilding. So I am a uh, men's physique competitor still to this day. Um, So I was really loving the whole sport and being part of it and obviously loved the gym. And, uh, you know, I, I was working full time for uh, an organization for over 20 years. And I said to myself, you know, I really want to do something for myself and not want to retire, you know, making money for somebody else, but try and do something that I love. So I was like, what the hell? Let's try and open up a gym. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And you opened yeah. at an interesting time. Um, tell us what year did you open? So we actually opened up in August of 2020. And, um, biggest reason for that is we were all set to for the gym to open up in January of 2019 and we had a whole ton of issues um in the complex that that we were in you know um landlord kind of screwed us a little bit as far as you know um permits and those types of things and we wound up having to actually move the gym so we were three weeks away from opening up and we wound up they wound up closing down the project and saying, we can't have the gym in this spot. We need to move you to another building. Did you have all the equipment in there and everything? That was the only thing that we didn't have in there. Floors were all in, walls, everything was all, turfs were down, everything was all set to go. We were just waiting for the equipment to be delivered. And you know, within that week, they were supposed to be on their way up to us to have uh, to be delivered and installed. And then we were ready to open up and they shut the whole project down. It was like, it was like a, you know, somebody just punched me in the stomach because oh, we wow. fought. We wound up having a f- fight for um, months after that just to get into the space that we're in now. So fast forward a little bit, you know, uh, we were all ready to start up in a new space and COVID hit and construction stopped uh, for a little while. And um by the time we were able to open up, it was literally in, in the middle of the pandemic. So we had to open up a gym, you know, where people were, had to come in with masks and, you know, we had to have all the six foot spacing and clearance and, you know, all the rules and regulations that were given to gym owners. And man, it was a struggle. It was a serious struggle because who was going to join the gym at that time, right? So now I have a brand new facility and no members, you know, I had maybe a um, hundred people signed up at the time and then try and cover the cost of a 20,000 square foot gym with a hundred people, just, you know, just do the math. It doesn't work. Um, so it was a real battle to get where we are today. It really was. Wow. That's, you got hit with like everything imaginable from one space. You finally got, you know, into the new space and then boom, COVID. And yeah. And back in the same position. That's crazy. Did you lose money when you had to 
switch locations like the flooring and everything like yeah we we basically um so the landlord wind up having to basically repay for everything to be done you know we, you know we went through lawyers and all that kind of stuff that we had to do all the legal issues that we had so they wind up having to rebuild completely on their cost but within that year and a half i still had to pay my my bank loans and all that type of stuff so money was just going out the door with no money coming in so again now here i am open up in the middle of pandemic and all my working capital is basically almost gone at this point so yeah it was it's been <laughs> it's been some road i have to say wow okay that's that's crazy that's a crazy story that you yeah. got into <laughs> right off the bat there but you know for yeah. the listeners, tell us about the gym now so you know what's like the atmosphere that you can expect um what are the services that you offer kind of like your elevator pitch for for powerhouse yeah so i mean powerhouse is you know it's it's pretty known powerhouses are, are pretty known for being a kind of a bodybuilding more of a bodybuilding style type gym you know we're very comparable to uh to gold gold's gyms themselves we have a couple of them in the area that um are kind of our biggest competitors but our gym has really become uh known to be kind of like the bodybuilding gym in in the area and uh we have a lot of really we have a bunch of competitors that are here we have a lot of really fit people um so in one sense that's great and in the other sense, it's kind of like it, it makes it a little tough to build up your membership base because you need everybody. You need all walks of life to kind of to kind of keep the business uh, flowing. So um, things like, you know, you know, doing classes and those type of things to kind of bring in to bring in different demographics into the into the gym has been a little bit of a struggle. So like we look, I, t I told you about the. Uh, the performance lab that we have, which is basically built around um, to get the youth athletes into the gym, you know, get them. Uh, we, we already have a whole ton of uh, kind of youth. We have a very young uh, population with, within our facility. So we're, we're, we're literally right next door to uh, one of the biggest high schools in the area. So, you know, at 2.30, you could imagine what my gym looks like. It's like a, just a, it's like recess from high school. They just all come over to the gym and just, you know, all crowd around machines and just pack the place up, which is really cool to see. But now we have to kind of, kind of model our gym more towards that type of demographic now so I can, you know, build a bigger base to be able to pay the bills. Yeah, totally. Have you thought about like, marketing to like their parents to get parents to come into and take classes and, and work out there yeah we're definitely doing that and, and part of part of what we did with the uh the performance lab was was exactly that so it was like okay you can come bring we, we create programs for for youth kids so basically it could be a 12-week program where you know we have up to 20 kids within the class and we run them through speed and agility drills and we start to introduce them in, into into lifting weights so teaching them proper form how, how to deadlift how to squat how to bench press so they don't hurt themselves when they're in the gyms themselves and along with that you know we're bringing those parents the parents are coming in and they're seeing the gym you know we offer them discounted memberships if their kids are are, are you know taking part in the lab programs themselves. So that's kind of really, that's, that's been working really well for us. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me more about how you, you market the gym, especially before you were open being a new gym in the area. How'd you get the, the word out that you were there? Um, you know, pr primarily social media. 
uh, for sure. You know, a lot of Facebook advertising, Instagram, you know, really hitting Instagram pretty hard, uh, trying to build up that um, that following base. Um, we did some local advertising, you know, within some of the local journals and and you know, coupon flyers and 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 those types of things. And um, uh, we didn't get a whole lot of traction with that, so it's really more on the social side. I mean, you really have to be, you know, these days you have to be. There, there's no there's no going around it. If you want your name out there, you know, social media is the way to do it. Yeah, I definitely agree on that point. So tell us more about, you know, how you use social media. Do you pay for advertising on there? Do you run ads or do you just, you know, organically post? Um, tell us more about that. We do a lot of organic stuff, a lot of organic stuff. And we do do some paid advertising, some Facebook paid advertising, but not a ton, not a ton. Because again, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I think some of it works. And I think it's it's good to kind of spend some money in that realm, but I you know to get kind of get crazy with um, with spending way too much on on Facebook advertising. I think is not you're not getting the 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 return on investment that that a lot of these companies will sell you that you that they can get you. Yeah, have you gone through a marketing agency or who does your advertising? I've I've tried it a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I've tried it through agencies. We try doing it ourselves, and 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 right now we're doing most of it ourselves. Gotcha. What was your experience with agencies? How did you feel about the the leads that you were getting? Um, I wasn't. You know, it was tough. It was tough because of my biggest. I, I think the the biggest thing that we tried to focus on was just just to kind of let people know that we're here uh we're we're in kind of a a particular spot where it's not like you're on a main road where you can drive by and you can kind of see powerhouse gym big lights big signs things like that we're kind of tucked in in an industrial park so you know um we've been here for two and a half years and it's in it's still there are still a ton of people say wow i never knew there was a gym in there so, you know, the biggest thing that we try to focus on is just, just getting our name out there. So people know where we are, who we are, you know, what we offer. And um, uh, we were getting some decent, you know, when we, when we're doing paid agency stuff, we were getting some, some decent leads, but not enough to substantiate the amount of money that we were spending. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think with a model like yours, it can kind of come down to, you just need volume. You know, if people come in yeah. and see the gym, they're going to like it. They're going to want to work out there, but it's about getting, you know, the volume in the door. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Cause you know, I tell everybody, you know, our, our close rate, you know, if somebody actually walks into my gym, it's probably about 85% that they're going to sign up. So if I can just get them to the gym, I know that I have a good chance of uh, getting them signed up. So. Exactly. Yeah. How many current members um, do you have now at the gym? We're a little over 1,400. Sweet, sweet. And then what's like the goal number of members? Where would you like to see it get to? Uh, I mean, I think if I get to somewhere around between 1,800 and 2,000 is really my goal. You know, the gym would be doing really well, really well. What do you feel like is um, the biggest bottleneck right now or the biggest challenge that you face in the business that's kind of stalling the progress? Um, we have a lot of competition in our area, a lot. So we have, you know, two, two gold's gyms in relatively close proximity. You know, there's always the planet fitnesses that you have to kind of deal with. You know, we have a, another place that's called all sport. That's a, that's a monster facility. It's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of square feet and they have 
pools and basketball courts and things like that. And so it's really just, it's really just a competition in the area. So it's, it's kind of getting people to the space just to kind of see what the difference is between the two. Um, the atmosphere is, is like no other gym in the area. You know, it's, it's, it's very kind of like a rugged industrial type of feel, you know, it's like an old warehouse. So there's still, you know, pipes and all kinds of crap all over the place, but it's pretty cool. You know, we got this big, there used to be an old IBM machine manufacturing facility. So we got this big, huge crane that's like sitting in the middle of our ceiling. That's uh, so it's got a really cool vibe to it. Um, so like I said, we get the people there, we usually can pull them in. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the kind of vibe of a gym I like too, where like, yeah. it doesn't look like every other gym, you know, it's not right. purple equipment and cookie cutter walls, you know, it's exactly. got that exactly. cool look to it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but tell me about like your, your team, um, your employees. So do you have, you know, personal trainers that are employees? Are they freelance? Um, what does that look like? We tried the personal training model a couple different ways at this point. And at this point, I what's working really best for me is, you know, all the trainers are independent contractors. And instead of in, instead of uh, me saying, going out to my customers and or um, members and saying, all right, training is say $65 an hour, right? And then the gym gets X amount of dollars and then the trainer gets X amount of dollars. What I let them do is if you're a personal trainer, you come into my gym, you're basically gonna pay me $25 an hour to use the space. And then you charge whatever you want on top of it. I don't really care what you charge. You wanna charge 75, you wanna charge 85, you wanna charge 125, I don't care. I just want my $25 and you get to use my space. The only thing I ask for is that you represent powerhouse as a powerhouse trainer. Okay, so yeah. that, that gym model seemed to, seems to work really well for us. Cause you know, there's, there's not a lot of places that offer that. And it's, it's the, the biggest issue with it is it's, it's a little hard to kind of, um, it's a little kind of hard to police, you know, cause you'll get, you'll get trainer will come in here and just try and, you know, uh, sneak a little training on the backside. Oh, this is my friend. I'm just helping her out or this or that, you know? And so you don't really know exactly if they're training or not, or if you, but uh, for the most part, it, it works really well. And we allow them, you know, if you want to be, if you want to use our system, we allow them to use our system. If you want to just get paid yourself and you pay us, we have, we have multiple ways of doing that. And that seems to be working the best, the best for us. Yeah. That sounds really convenient for the trainer and probably the easiest what's the way that you tried before that wasn't as good typical gym model where you know we have a set price um the the trainer gets a set price for there so if if we're charging 65 dollars an hour the gym's taken maybe 35 40 and the trainer gets 25 you know that type of thing so it's not there's no there's no really incentive the incentive for the trainers they really have to push but if they're able to if they're able to you know, if you're if you're a really good trainer and you say, well, you know, I'm worth a lot more than twenty five dollars an hour, you know, I should be making, or I can go here and make this, and we'll go there and make that. But we'll just let you call your price, whatever you want to charge, you charge. If you can bring them in, that's great. I just want my cut, and that's it. Yeah, I can see how that that works out a little bit better for both sides. I think that's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's cool that you found something I, that works. I think it's really a good, it's a really good win win situation. So that, but like I said, just the biggest part is just the policing part of it. So. Yeah, totally. Um, and then what else, um, as far as employees go, do you have like front desk? Do you use managers? Do you kind of 
that yeah, we, like what's that structure look like no no we had, we have a you know whole crew of front desk staff so uh you know alternating shifts i have about 17 employees right now i have one main manager uh basically acts as like my office manager so uh, handles all the scheduling and uh you know dealing with any membership issues and all that kind of stuff and managing the, the front desk staff and so on so Awesome. Sweet. And so talking about, you know, goals, you know, you want to reach around 2000 members, um, but personal goals, like where do you see yourself as a business owner in the next, you know, couple of years? Like, would you like to be totally hands off? Would you like to be more in the business? Like, where do you see yourself? Me personally, I would love to be totally hands off for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to grow it to the point where I can, you know, sit back and say, okay, you know, I don't need to be here 14 hours a day. You know, I can be here six or five and go play golf a couple of times a week and whatever it may be. And, you know, just definitely because I'm getting, you know, I'm 52 years old. So I'm getting to the point where I'm like, all right, these 14 hour days are long and they're tiring, you know? So it's. A <laughs> yeah, I can totally imagine 14 hours is a lot. Um, so. <laughs> What's what's a plan there to get to the point where you could be more hands off? What do you think is missing? Is it just the member piece? Is it systems, structures, employees? What do you think is is holding you back from that? I mean, obviously the, the membership. So you know, once you get your membership to a certain point where you're you're you get that that constant um, FTE uh, coming in, you know, and and it's paying the bills and the gym's making money and those types of things, then then you can kind of back off a little bit. But there's there's other opportunities to expand um into other areas too that would kind of help you know we're we're looking into possibly taking some more building space and making a bigger kind of turf facility where you know we can do bigger sports programs or or turf rentals and 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 you know kind of bring in batting cages and those types of things to really kind of focus on that that kind of sports training type of stuff that um, would bring a, a hell of a lot of revenue into the gym because of the amount of amount of need that there is out there for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's that's right. You can always expand in the space you're in and, and expand to other services. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, what would your biggest piece of advice be to someone who wants to own their own gym? You know, a lot of our listeners are prospective gym owners. Um, so if you could give them a piece of advice of you know what it's like to be a gym owner, um, what would you say to them? Wow. That's, I mean, you, I mean, you obviously hear my story. It's, it's been a struggle. Just know that, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy in the beginning and you really have to love it and really want it. But if you do, I I think the reward in the end is, is, is definitely worth it, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle for a while. Um, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> the expectation that it's not going to be easy. It's not a walk in the park. It's, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get ready to spend a lot of hours there and, and, you know, being on top of a lot of different people and, and, uh, you know, you got to put the work in, you really do. It's the only way you're going to make it work. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and I always like to leave on a positive note as well. So tell us your favorite part of owning a gym. I really enjoyed uh, the people. I really do. I mean, it becomes like, uh, it almost becomes like a family. You know, you see so many people that you see all the time and I've gained so many great friends from, <laughs> from being, <laughs> from being the owner of the gym. And, um, it's, it's just been, it's been incredible. 
it's been really good. You know, I have, I have my children that work for the gym. My wife works here with me at, you know, a part-time basis. So the whole family is involved and it's, it's been a really cool experience on that side. That's awesome. Do your kids have any interest in, in running the gym someday? Yeah. I mean, uh, my son, Giuseppe, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's 17 years old and he's the most responsible 17 year old that I, that I ever met. And, uh, he's, uh, he does so much for me. It's incredible. Like he does all my, my drink ordering and he, he, uh, he, he runs and, and goes out and gets all our stuff for, for, um, shake bars and things like that. And he's like one kid that I could really rely on to kind of be there for me. And because he's family, you know, it's, it's very easy to trust, you know, if I can't open the gym at a certain time, he'll open. I, he closes the gym most nights. So it's, uh, it's been really, it's been really cool to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish my parents owned a gym. I would have been there. all yeah. the time. <laughs> Super cool. And he's learning you know, business skills and life skills in high school. So I think that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. um, well, Brian, tell us where can we find you? Um, social media, website, uh, where can people check you out? Yeah. So you can, uh, you can follow me at powerhouse gym, East Fishkill on, uh, on uh, Instagram. Uh, my website is powerhousegym.com slash East Fishkill. And me personally, my, uh, my Instagram is bvigorita. Awesome. Thank you again, Ryan, for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, I think there was a lot of great advice and value in this podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joseph. And joining us on the show is Carolyn from The Boss Tribe, located down in Columbia, South Carolina. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Joseph. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to learn more about your gym facility and to learn more about what it is that you're doing. But um, mm-hmm. before we dive into the fun business side of things, why don't you share with our listeners the inspiration behind becoming a gym owner? Um, the inspiration behind me becoming a gym owner uh, was when I started training my very first client. Uh, we actually trained in another gym. Um, and because she got really good results, a lot of other people came to me. 
and I then turned my garage into a gym and just outgrew the space. So I knew that I wanted to expand. I knew that I wanted to do more. I love yeah. the way clients felt after they received their results and um, the confidence that they built. So I was like, okay, well, if I can reach more people doing this, you know, it'd just be a great thing. So um, I just went for it. For a year later, I went for a brick and mortar location. Awesome. So when did this business start? Um, I started training for myself um, actually two years ago in the garage now. Um, I did work in other gyms and I did train on the side as well while I was at the other gym. That was maybe three or four years ago. Okay, solid. So you got through the 2020 COVID pandemic. So how did that mm -hmm. affect you? Because I know that, well, we both know that a lot of gyms got affected hardcore by that. Right. Actually, say that again? Yeah, so what was your experience through that time period? Actually, during COVID, I was in the garage, so everything was one-on-one -on -one sessions. There weren't any group sessions or anything like that. Everything was one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to still train for the most part. There were some people who were like, no, it's too scary, too risky, and I understood that. Um, I still worked um, a full-time job as well, so I was able to still maneuver and um, manage through the clients that decided to leave and the ones that stayed for a while. But everyone did come back afterwards. I actually opened up the brick and mortar on the tail end of COVID in 2021. So that was really, really scary. Um, but it did end up working out for my good. Good. I am, I'm glad to hear that because I hear a lot of horror stories about, you know, gym facilities in 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear that, you know, you're still here. And obviously we're talking today about it. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, why don't you give our listeners your elevator pitch? My elevator pitch. Um, usually when I introduce Boss Tribe, we already know we only got like 15 seconds for elevator pitch. Um, so I just always let clients know um, the reason you want to come to Boss Tribe Fitness is because it's a place where there's a space for everyone. Everyone's allowed to be an individual and be themselves while still accomplishing whatever results they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So... What services do you offer to your members? I offer, um, we have just freestyle gyms so they can come in, they can get a membership, work out on their own. Um, one of the things that most people struggle with in, in large gyms, um, even though mine is not as large, is what workouts to do. So most will come in, um, they'll try these machines, don't know how to use them, no one's really there to help them, or they'll just jump on the treadmill or ellipticals. So we always offer a workout of the day um, that we keep on the board and we assist them with the workout. We offer personal training. We have trainers here who teach boxing, athletic training, Zumba, step aerobics, and we even have training for the youth. Dang. Okay. So you have uh, a good variety of services there. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the open gym concept there too. So is it where some, like anyone can sign up or do they have to be a you know paying group or personal training like training member to get the open gym i know anyone can sign up so if they decide they don't want to partake in any classes or personal training they can just come in and work out at their own leisure as well okay cool awesome so those are the services there so right now where the business is at like today 
with those services, mm-hmm. how many people are you roughly serving? Um, I was looking at it yesterday. Um, consistently, the clients that come, there are about, um, I'll say like 80 clients that are here consistently. Now, mm-hmm. those that have signed up when I was looking at it uh, so far this year today, there are about 150 clients in the roster. Does that mean mm-hmm. they're all here? No. Um, but the ones who show up consistently, they bring people with them. Uh, we have guests drop in also. So mm-hmm. Cool. So consistently 80 people. So what's the size of the facility? Uh, we're actually only 2,400 square feet. But we make the space work. Um, We have part of it that's turf, and the majority of it is the black mat flooring. Okay, cool. So I always like to ask in terms of membership base, because, you know, us gym owners and entrepreneurs, we love growth in some way. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. 80 consistent members somewhere you want to stop at or eventually, you know, bring in some new faces and, and, you know, serve more people. Um, Serve more people. I love my consistent members, but I would like to have more consistent members on top of them. Um, And then we have enough classes and different opportunities so that everyone's not always on top of each other anyway. So, yeah, I would love to continue growing uh, while I am in the space. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. And that's a a good topic to speak about on the podcast. So, Mm -hmm. you know, let's just dive right into, you know, what are you doing for, you know, a marketing perspective to consistently generate new interest in the business you know like what has gone well and what hasn't gone so well so far um well first it is really hard to market every single day all day um as the owner you know Mm -hmm. not having a middleman at the point um social media has to be my best friend right now as much as it it gets on my nerves so the best thing right now that really works for me, I have to consistently post at least three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, those posts have to consist of me doing workouts or training myself um, because I always want to make sure that you can do it also. Yeah. Um, the posts have to consist of maybe group classes or a personal training client. And then they have to consist of me making posting a flyer or something with some information to draw people in and ask questions um, and attaching my website to everything so that I can direct them uh, directly to the site to set appointments and consultations. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that hasn't gone well with marketing, um, it's probably the same thing. It's probably trying to keep up, keep up with making sure that I post every day because I notice if I don't post as consistently, then the numbers go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the momentum will eventually get cut off if you don't stay on top of it, which is one of the downfalls yeah. of, you know, the organic side. So um, is that on Instagram and Facebook or, or what does that look like for you? Cause there's so many platforms. Um, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok, because that's really big. And I've actually received clients that did not reach me on other platforms, but they said they found me on TikTok and it could have just been a group class or just a funny video. Um, so the content has to range in a variety from showing your personality mm-hmm. as the owner because people want to know that they can relate to you, um, that they'll be comfortable in your facility, all the way to um, classes or personal training clients, anything that relates to the gym and making anyone feel comfortable coming in. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, with the organic side, because it sounds like you guys are doing, you know, mainly organic with the posting three times a day. And I understand mm-hmm. that because, you know, I've done it before and it's, it's, it's not yeah. always easy to, to find the time to do that. But um, on average, like how many monthly signups do you get through those, you know, channels of marketing on the organic side? Um, on the organic side, I would say like right now, because it's a new year, there's more, but on average, when it was slower, I would say about 10 people, 10 people. Um, sometimes during the summer months, it was even less mm-hmm. than that um, on the organic side. Facebook ads did help with that. Facebook and Instagram ads reaching a, a, a wider variety of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just, you know, just about to ask, like, have you ever, you know, used that paid advertising site? Because I have heard some, you know, good things, some bad things. It really depends yeah. on the situation of each gym owner. So um, you have used the Facebook and IG ads. So how mm-hmm. has that been for you? you know, like how many signups have you gotten from that? Uh, when I run challenges, um, challenges that can be done either in the gym or online fitness challenges or transformation challenges, that's when I use the ads the most. Mm-hmm. And they have brought in... Um, they brought in, let's say, 50 people signed up for a challenge at the end of the year, last year. Maybe out of uh, those 50 people, uh, 15 were online. And that's mm-hmm. just doing the basic um, online marketing. But mm-hmm. they do have tiers. If you do the top tier packages, um, which are the more expensive packages, they reach way more people, um, which will bring the numbers up for those people who sign up. Mm. so do you only use the the paid advertising for like the end of the year or like you know kind of those holiday times or you know new years or do you use it consistently throughout like 12 months out of the year um only when i do big events um we also have a nonprofit that's attached so whenever we do something for the nonprofit, um whenever it's the holidays and i'm running a special or a challenge um, that's most when I do the ads. I would like to do it consistently this year to see what what happens. Um, because a lot of people do they do gain a lot of clients and customers from it. So that mm. is a goal for this year. Awesome. That's that's good to hear because you know, from my experience, the the paid advertising side of things with Facebook and Instagram are the best ways to consistently bring people in of course word mm-hmm. of mouth is great for the conversions and relationship but consistency wise definitely paid advertising right um, well cool that is good to hear so let's dive in to the sales side of things here you know walk me through the typical customer journey what does that look like from first point of contact whether that be a phone call email uh, message whatever that may be to mm-hmm. closing them on a new membership or a challenge? Um, so the typical um, client, the typical steps for a new client, um, let's say they find me, most will find me on um, social media. So if they find me on social media and they reach out to social media, um, we interact, I always send them to my website um, because just telling them everything <clears throat> is, is not going to work. Nice. So yeah. yeah. So I'll send them to the website, have them review all the packages and rates. And once they find something that fits for them, I'll have them sign up for a consultation. Um, so they'll come in, um, meet with me. They'll, we'll go over their goals, exactly what it is they're looking for, just in case 
they didn't know which package fit best. Mm. We'll find the package that fits best for them, um, that's feasible. We'll sign our contracts, and once we sign our contract, we'll set a schedule. Um, and if if they're personal training clients, then they receive specific meal plans um, that are modified for them. If they're coming in for group classes, they'll get meal guides. Um, everyone also also has access to accountability groups. So we'll mm -hmm. set all of that up in the consultation. All right. So is that you who mainly handles all of the sales side of things, or is there also someone else mm -hmm. within the business that does that too? Uh, right now, being that this is my first year, my first full year um, in business, I still handle everything. Mm -hmm. And taking on the responsibilities of, of selling, which is always yeah. good to, to learn that skill before anything. Um, yeah. So do you do any kind of like sales training or, you know, like Grant Cardone or Jordan Pelford or any other kind of training for sales, or is it just mainly based off of just like a natural conversation, whatever the person may have or whatever? Um, I actually come from a sales background of uh, being a life insurance and investment agent. Okay. So really know that's one of the most difficult things to sell for some reason. Um, so we did a lot of Grant Cardone. We did a lot of uh, training sessions every Saturday. Uh, we would have to do our sales pitches. We would have to learn how to talk to customers, do a role play with, with uh, clients and customers. And I just took what I learned there and I brought it to my business. But now it's just more, it's more natural. Um, the clients who come in and the ones who are most comfortable like that, I myself with them and I let, allow them to be their sales. Um, so the selling does itself uh, because there are a million people here who do the same thing. So the clients are typically sold on you as a mm -hmm. person. You know, you make the, the difference or you cause the separation based off of your personality. So mm -hmm. it kind of just sells itself once they, once they come in and meet in person. Yeah. And I, I actually hear that a lot, like with a lot of uh, gym facilities, like once mm -hmm. that culture and environment and, you know, mission is like down packed, the, prospective clients come in they see and they're like all right i'm i'm ready um but it's good to hear that you know you do have a background in you know sales you know insurance agent mm -hmm. um so uh moving forward you know let's just say 12 months from now where do you want this gym business to be um 12 months from from now my goal is to be closing on a larger facility. Um, so I plan to really put in the work, uh, tooth, nail, everything, like put in the work to make sure that in. it grows all in, all in, <laughs> um, and whatever it takes to make sure that it grows to a point where I'm able to get a larger facility because we are outgrowing the space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what is the first step to get that next facility or that bigger facility inside the business? The first step, uh, right now, the first step is to increase my clientele. So what I do is I make quarterly goals. Um, mm -hmm. And in those quarterly goals, I'll split them up um, into 30-day increments to see how many um, personal training clients, how many group class 
how many memberships does it take for me to reach the income that I need to move forward into getting the next facility. So I'll break it down into every quarter and I have to push to hit that number um, mm-hmm. by the end of that quarter. Nice, nice. And and definitely the paid advertising thing, side of things would definitely help to keep that consistent mm-hmm. lead flow in so you could hit those you know, income and number goals. Um, nice. So why don't you share that one lesson that you would give to your younger self getting into this gym business? One lesson I would give to my younger self mm-hmm. um, is to be consistent and patient with the journey. Um, even when it's not going the way that you think it should go, uh, to still do the works, maybe evaluate yourself and see, okay, am I not putting in enough effort in this area or am I missing something in this area? Do I need to go get training? Whatever it is, just be consistent at um, what you're doing. So it may hit a rough patch for three or four months, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean stop doing everything. Um, so I would tell my younger self to not stop and to keep going no matter what adversities uh, come my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially in in this industry, I mean, there's so many ups and downs on a daily basis. Like, for example, right. running a gym, uh, you could have 100 people and the next month you could have 90. 10 people just left out of nowhere. So it's right. like being able to consistently push through those heartaches and pains so that you can achieve, you know, your mm-hmm. goals. That, you know, for well, I mean, like for you, set those quarterly goals. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Right. Never stop. Um, I like that very much. Um, but before we, well, it does look like we're running short on time here, but before we hop off of the episode, um, why don't you share your social medias and your website so our listeners can find you? Okay. So my website is bosstribefitness.com and my Facebook is bosstribefitness LLC and my Instagram and TikTok are boss tribe nation. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing those and, uh, Caroline, I want to thank you for hopping on today. It was a uh, pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.